Hello and welcome to the Impact Podcast from us at Impact Wales. We're Finn and Jane and every week we'll be bringing you lots of discussion, comments and opinion on everything research and education. We'll be talking professional learning, what's happening in the education world and everything in between to help you make a difference in your school. Good morning, Jane. Good morning, Finn. We're, we're recording this on a very wet, windy, very depressed, dark Monday morning when this goes out on a Wednesday. I just had a premonition you were going to say that. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, so literally, as creepy, I pressed but... record on the uh, podcast, I thought, how are we going to start this today? It sort of reflects our mood today, but we're going to, you know, try yes. and cheer up a little bit by the time we get to... Absolutely. Uh... The weather is horrendous. It is... Uh... Hopefully by Wednesday, or by the time we listen to this, the weather... Oh, it'll be summer. Up... We'll be in, the, in the, uh, the heat wave. We will. Yes, the heat wave. Okay, so let's, first of all, let's talk about what we've been up to over the last week. Um, well, since we last spoke to you, I think we, we we mentioned that we were doing a session with Highland. That's right, up in Scotland, and yep. we finished that one. Uh, and we've also been out to Raglan. Well, we finished oh, that whole that program we have with Highland, which they've is... been fab to work with. Yeah. Um, but also, well, hopefully, we also got a podcast coming up about with Jody from Highland. We're going to talk That's about right. what we've done with them. Um, but we've also been out to Raglan. Raglan Primary School, yeah, indeed. And that was we went out on a lovely sunny day. Oh, it was lovely. It was gorgeous, gorgeous day. It's a lovely little yeah. village as well. Where we were talking about uh, assessment and tracking. Indeed, that was very interesting. So let's talk about what we're going to do today. So recently, Estin made an announcement about changes that are coming up to the school inspection inspection uh, process. Yes, speaking properly. Um, so we're going to look at today what changes Estin are making what they mean for schools. We're also going to look at a, um, one of their support resources that they've put out recently on leadership and school improvement. And we're going to dive into that in detail, aren't we, Jane? We are. Okay. We've had our pre-podcast chat, and I think we've sort of exhausted this before we started today. It was, it's been a two-coffee morning today. It, well, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. it has. Okay, so just, just before we start, there are... Uh, I kind of, we're talking about assessment and accountability again. again. But it's such an important thing. And I think whenever we put out anything about assessment and accountability or school improvement or self-evaluation or the inspection process or ESTED, they're absolutely snapped up by listeners, um, by you all out there. And um, so this is this is episode 113, accountability again. This is the Estin factor. Not the X factor. No, the, the Estin factor. factor. Yeah, because yeah, it's... Um, there are two other podcasts that you might find interesting to go and have a, a listen to after or before you listen to this one. Episode 103, which is about how inspection might shape the future of curriculum for Wales. And episode 95, 95, sorry. <laughs> really can't speak this oh, morning, can Accountability complex but clear. I mean, because they both relate to what we're going to talk about yeah. today. And they're both to do with accountability, yeah. inspection and so on. But yeah. Well, well, I think last Friday I was I had an email from the, the on the East Estin newsletter, yeah, to say that is it Datgan, uh, something like that. It's Datgan. Yeah. Is they changed the name? <laughs> just just saying out of interest, which is Welsh for declare. Okay, but I was really surprised that they were looking at revamping and changing the inspection process mm-hmm. again because I thought we were just in that. Yeah. Okay. So and that sort of took me a little bit by surprise that where this is where we were. Yeah. So. To, to kind of set the scene as to why we're talking about Estin again. So we, Estin works on a seven-year inspection cycle. And the seven-year inspection cycle 
was due to end at the end of this academic year, but that was um, extended due to COVID lockdowns for an additional year. Mm. So this current cycle that we're in is due to end at the end of um, August, September, uh, August 2024. So that's the end of the eight year cycle now. And obviously during a cycle, ESTIN inspects schools, but they don't do it like every seven years or anything like that. It's just you'll be expected to be seen at least once during that cycle. So it effectively could be any time. But my assumption was that given that the learning inspectorate had been, you know, that that, that kind of, you know, um, paper had been uh, published by ESTIN and the whole inspection framework had changed mm. and it actually we've had the pilot it's now um in place fully in place from september, from yeah. september yeah. 2022 so you know eight months ago but it hasn't seen a full year yet mm. so i just assumed that we wouldn't make or Esther wouldn't make any further changes until at least that had been in place for maybe five years but no but no, it's confusing. The inspection cycle and the frame that it's inspected yeah. it seems to be well. They're not in line. It's like the financial year and the school year, isn't it? It's yeah. that sort of thing. It's not quite the same. So we've got a brand new curriculum. We've got a brand new inspection framework. We've got a brand new chief inspector, and now we're going to have a brand new approach to inspection. So the the new inspection framework, which came into force September twenty twenty two, this academic year, is going to change again. Yeah, and. As I say, we were really surprised to hear this, but um, I, you can kind of, you know, to give them a due, we've got a new chief inspector in Owen Evans who's taken over from Milo Rowlands. And he's obviously going to want to make changes, but he's listed the changes that Eston are planning to make in. There's a web web page on their, on their website that we will link in the show notes. And they list things that they're looking at, the, the changes that they're planning to make which will be in place and starting from September 2024, the next yeah. beginning of the next cycle. So maybe they're well, attending think, to align. I think, and I think the plan is that all schools would have been seen by the end of this, by, by the end of the school academic year 2024, Yeah, that they would have been seen within that, yeah. that, that this current cycle, isn't it? Yeah. So the things that are going to change, the things that Esther are considering are what is expected, how schools are inspected, when schools are inspected, <laughs> and the format and content of inspection reports. Well, that's everything there, isn't it? Yeah, so everything. Okay. So they do say, though, that they intend, or they know they want to, they want to make the changes with the support of the mm. profession. So with that in mind, they are taking into account the views of the profession through a single survey. Which is this term, which yeah. will be at this term. Yeah. Um, but we were having this conversation before mm. uh, we recorded about what about those schools that still have not been inspected mm. under this current framework within mm. this time period? How how easy is it going to be to give feedback on that current system if you haven't been, been inspected, inspected yeah. as part of it? Well, and we, we need to bear in mind that a survey is self-selecting yes so yeah. you know it's they it's all very well and good for Eston to say we want to listen to everyone we intend to listen to everyone and, and I think it was very much more we are going to listen to everyone rather than we want to we are going to well how's that going to work if it's a single survey yeah and it, it comes on top of yet another change 
there's always something happening in education there's always mm-hmm. one change after another and something else coming up and I think we've mentioned many many times about can we just give time things to breathe can we just stop just, just stop, stop. Just, just stop for a moment time to just embed yeah, yeah. and develop. well you know consolidation and embedding yeah. they're two words that we haven't heard very much of recently have we and no. I think you know th- there's the question needs to be asked how much change is too much yeah so anyway with that in mind and we've what we've done in the in the podcast today is we've actually lifted whole quotes from Estin um, communications whether that's from their website uh, or from the document that we're going to look at today because we want we don't want to mischaracterize what Estin is saying because it is really really important yeah. that everything we talk about on the podcast what we want to say is something that we can fully evidence we wouldn't want to mischaracterize anything we wouldn't want to um you know say oh this is how it is when it's actually just our opinion obviously we're going to give our opinion as well but we want to make sure that we are being fair and we are evidencing everything yeah. that we say. So that's why we've lifted. Whole but it, it's quotes. also the timing of this. If you think about it, this, is the first, this came out at the end of the first week back after the Easter holidays, after everything else that went on with Ofsted and all of that. Ruth Perry. All of that. Which Ruth was Perry a dreadful was going situation. On. And that was going on it. You know, and I know there's been an announcement by Amanda Spielman of, mm. as part of Ofsted this weekend about why, where Ofsted, Ofsted are going to review what they're doing or not. I, I know I know that Owen Evansy did make an announcement yeah. when the, the Ruth Perry situation mm. did actually come up. But like this is not part of what we're going no, to talk it's, about. No, it's today. not. But it's just the timing of it. Yeah. You know, the first week back, we all know how hectic it is in school, particularly the summer term, you know, thinking about what's coming ahead. Yeah. For, the, for the rest of this term particularly it, given the situation in schools with budgets mm-hmm. and the fact that the budgets have just come in and there's some schools in really difficult yeah. situations where they're actually talking about letting staff go and then this lands in your Ooh, email box yeah. at the end of the first week you yeah. know having the time to unpick and digest yeah to see what this is saying again it's one of those things about you know let's think about timings what's going on in schools Okay, so it does say, and I'm quoting here, when I was talking about wanting or intending to hear, we will want to hear everyone's ideas about our early proposals, which could look different in different sectors. Okay. Yeah, because we're not just talking about schools here, we're talking about the whole remit of inspection yes. for, for yes. nurseries and and we are ed- we are going to focus mainly on schools though yeah. in our in our opinions when we when we give them. But I think we're in a very similar situation to um, uh, when we look at a lot of Welsh government guidance. Is it's all very well and good to say something, but saying it doesn't make it true. Mm. You know, you can say that you want to hear everybody's ideas, but unless you make active efforts to do that and focus on doing it before you move yeah. on, it, yeah. words words can be empty. Yeah. And I think we are in that kind of situation. Well, you, you look at the responses to the Welsh Government consultations that have gone out, you look at the proportion of schools yep. that, you know... We're, and, and we're talking not even did, 10% sometimes. That, ...that are actually responding to those. I think we've got to put yeah. bear that in mind. So when when you talk about, you know, responding to a survey to Weston about, and I'm quoting here now, soon we will begin to test slightly different approaches to inspection. So, you know... We don't know what soon means. By the time this goes out, they might have already started. 
And it does feel a little bit like they're going ahead. They're, they're sending a survey, out to, a survey out to people that people will respond to. They'll maybe they'll put forward a response from Eston, but will anything actually change? It doesn't it doesn't fill anybody really with huge confidence in that situation, yeah. does it? And well, they have said that feedback from the trials will inform the next stage of development. It, yeah, it's yeah. just making to say what. But no, can I just say feedback from these trials will inform the next stage of the de- development? It doesn't say feedback from the survey yeah. is going to influence what we do next is they're going to carry out some trials with a few providers and that the feedback from those few providers, Mm. you know, so we are relying on a very small cohort of schools and staff to do the job. Mm. And, you know, that's a, A, it's an enormous pressure for those providers, but B, how effective is that really? Mm. So yeah. Okay. (laughs) That's where we are. So what we've done, we've kind of divided the podcast up into two sections. We're going to look at the the changes more generally to start off with. We're going to, you know, look at what Eslin have said, give our opinion, and it is very much our opinion on what is being said. And then we're going to look at the the support document. I'm just going to show it there, the support document. I'm holding it up to the screen. We might get a little uh, little screenshot of that. Um, that has gone out on their website that is about leadership and school improvement. So we're going to look at that in the second half of the podcast today. And I think that's that's kind of evidence of where Estin are heading and where education in Wales might be heading. So let's let's look at the things that Estin are saying. There's, there's, there's one quote here, and I'm quoting, the new arrangements will be leaner and more focused on the most important areas that drive improvement. Which on the surface sounds really positive. Yeah. So let's focus in on the key things yeah. for inspection and forget this, you know, this big sweep of everything that we, we need to look at. Let's look at those key things. But is that actually going to be okay? Uh, just just kind of pulling up in, in your memory what happened with level two, what happened with <laughs> level two plus. We know that. In an accountability system where you narrow what it is that you focus on, then there are unintended consequences. So, you know, it may be a very sensible thing to say, well, we're only going to look at those things. But when it is a high stakes accountability situation, we know that that ends up with unintended consequences. So what is Estin's plan for recognizing that, dealing with that and managing that? So, you know, that that's, mm. that's uh, I, I don't think, it doesn't feel like Estina learning from history. It'd be interesting to see how that, how that actually looks mm. and actually what, what are the areas they're going to focus on? Yeah. Are they, I mean, are they going to be public? Yeah. Are, are they going to be, right, well, we're only going to look at these four areas. We're not going to look at the rest. And is that going to be made public mm. or are they just going to come in and say, well, there's 15 areas we could look at, but we're only going to look at these four. Is it going to be a sampled approach? Yeah. Is it going to be different things for different schools? Absolutely. I mean, you know, there, there is the possibility that this could actually be better, not worse. But because Estin have given such little information, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it all feels like, well, we're not going to tell you. We're going to keep you in the dark because, we, you know, it, it just doesn't feel like they're working in collaboration with the 
with the profession. It, it just feels like, you know, no, well, we'll tell you when we're good and ready. Okay. So the next thing is, and I'm quoting again, we'll explore a wider variety of inspection activities to better support improvement across individual providers and sectors. This will include how we tailor activity in individual provider inspections, thematic inspections, and a range of other visits. And I think the key thing there is a wider variety of inspection activities. Mm. But th this idea of tailoring activity, to me, sounds a little bit more like it's very much more specific to the provider that they're going to. Mm. Is it? And do they mean sectors there or do they mean individual, individual schools? schools? So say they go into an individual school, an inspector mm. is working with an individual school with a team inspector, but mm. that inspector sees something and goes, oh, I need to find out more about this. So I'm going to carry out this instead. I'm going to carry out that instead. Mm. But then a different inspector goes to a different mm. school and decides not to do that. How is that? How are those two inspections then comparable? Well, it sounds a bit like curriculum for bias, doesn't it? Yeah. It's sort of, but we also know that, you know, from talking to colleagues and from other, other discussions we've had that, you know, there are there's a still a variety of mm. of the of outcomes from different inspectors. Are we increasing variety? Yeah, not decreasing it. And you know, if this were, if we were working in a system where, in the inspection process was designed to um, to trigger um, additional support, and that was its in, that was its entire purpose. That that you just a team of inspectors would go in and if they saw an issue, it would be like set off an alarm somewhere and they say, right, we need a team in to deal with that. And we need lots of support going in and we need staff mm. to be, you know, I think more the, professional I learning. Think the... if, if that were the case, it wouldn't be an issue that you would have different yeah. things going on in inspections. It's because it's not, because it's then used and held up as... Mm well, here's the inspection report. This, these are all the things that are wrong and these are all the things that we saw that were okay. But it's, it's also thinking about, well, we've got an inspectorate. Are we talking about moving more into, into support? Mm -hmm. And where do we draw the that line of inspection and support? Yeah. And when does all of a sudden we give you support, but hang on, we're going we're gonna to make a judgment on this and inspect this? Absolutely. So, you know, the, the first scenario where you get a team come in and they work with the school mm. to find the issues. Just, and the, Just like the Canadian model, isn't it? Yeah. When we're talking about they found an issue and then they get a specialist team that come in and work yeah. and support the school yeah. to address those issues. So that's what's happening. And they, they you know, that kind of triggers a, um, a response mm. and then that that triggers further support. Well, surely isn't that consortium's job? Mm. Well, that's what we're talking about. Where is that fine line? Where, you know, are we talking about inspector? Are we talking well, about consortia? Where where does it I, sit? Can I just raise the point? Why are Estin talking about that? If there's already a body that does that job, why do we need another body to do it? But we know we've also got consortia that go in and do consortia reviews in the same way. I mean, how many schools have we spoken to that sometimes they find that the consortia review doing is, the same is, one is, thing. is something more challenging yes. than an Essendon inspection? And I think this is probably the history of consortia mm. more generally, that they were 
in the was am I right in thinking and this is going back sometime you know like 2012 I think where they actually had a support arm mm. and that was separate to the, the challenge, challenge arm yeah. and then they you know there was a bit of streamlining and then they became support and blue, challenge but it, it, it's like, so you've got two organisations potentially mm. who are doing the same thing. And I know that in the um, in previous documents from Welsh Government is and from the OECD when they were looking at a review of Curriculum for Wales, that they were talking clearly about defining yeah. the different middle tier operations and what the responsibilities were. So has nobody listened to that or is it that they're... Well, let's let's see if that's addressed. Okay, this this feedback. Okay, so you know, talking about different um, inspection activities, we know that during the pandemic they had the um, engagement visits, and yeah. the engagement visits. I know that a lot of head teachers really valued them, and I know that they, you know, they were really effective opportunities for head teachers to talk to us and to get that kind of support of what they were doing. But those have continued. And in fact, we've seen three reports from engagement visits actually be published on, on the website, on the yeah. ESTIM website. What's really interesting about these engagement reports are, are that they have two clear formats. Two of them have show the school's successes and also a list of things to reflect on. So it's kind of like you're doing this well, but you, you might want to have a look at yeah. that. One of the reports is completely different. It just it just lists all the things they talked about with no judgment mentioned. So, well, there's no there's no real judgment in any of these, is there? No, but there isn't. But it's very it's much. I think, oh, I think there was very much a distinct difference between those in the primary sector and those in the secondary sector. It felt mm. that the, those reports, those engagement reports, were slightly different. Mm. And it'd be really interesting to see if this is one of the activities that they're intending to widen their remit mm. to because this these are as far as we can see they're individual inspectors going into mm. schools and having a you know engaging mm. with the school but then obviously writing up notes about that and then publishing it on yeah. the Eston website for the public to see it's just, yeah. it which doesn't yeah. feel like it's um, who are they for yeah it's, it's, surely it's for the, the head teacher then why too. are they publishing them anyway okay right move on <laughs> We're raising lots of questions. It'd be really interesting. I mean, you know, if anybody from Eston is listening to this yeah. podcast and they feel like responding to us, you know, please do feel free. We'd love to know We'd more love about to do this. a podcast with you. We would love to, <laughs> absolutely. Another quote from the Changes page of, on Eston's website is, there's going to be more regular contact with schools. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what sort of format. Is it going to be engagement visits? Is it going to be... Phone calls. calls is it going to be inspections who knows because they did talk about they were talking about and i didn't see this anywhere they were talking about um actually having um inspection much more regularly mm. that you would be seen twice during the inspection cycle but that seems to have kind of not appeared anywhere mm. and there are quite a few things in what they say i mean go, please do go and have a look at the website and have a look for yourself but it, it does feel a little bit like estina struggling for inspectors it, you know the the fact that they're talking about leaner and you know that the cycle is you're going to be seen at least once but yeah. it's more more, more range yeah yeah so and i'm not at all surprised that the fact that they may well be struggling for staff because we think about it we've got um, a head teacher recruitment senior leader recruitment 
problem in Wales that's historic, it's been there mm-hmm. for a while. And um, we know that um, inspectors, generally speaking, at some point come from the head teacher population, whether mm-hmm. they've done something else in the interim, but they do come from that pool of people. That... But don't also forget that head teachers are going into consortia yep. as well. So we've got yep. Yep. A, a strain there and a conflict yep. of. So I wouldn't you know, be at all surprised if Aston are really struggling for staff at the moment. But also, and, and I know looking at peer inspectors for head teachers, it, mm. you know, it's a huge time commitment yeah. away from your school when, yeah. you know, you necessarily might want to be in school yes. more than outside yeah. school. Well, especially right now yeah. where yeah. there's, you yeah. know, dwindling budgets, we may have teachers taking on more responsibility, head teachers, sorry taking yeah. on more responsibility in school in order to manage very uh, less fewer staff available they want to bring external inspection and internal self-evaluation closer together and that phrase i just i just thought well, well what what does that mean <laughs> how, how will that work you know are they so they are talking about if they, they're not talking about making inspection closer to yeah, more like self-evaluation or self-evaluation mm. more like inspection they're saying they're both going to move closer together mm. so effectively inspection is going to be more like a self-evaluation but also self-evaluation is going to be more like an inspection well we don't know do we i mean there, there was this 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 idea that self-evaluation the inspection process was just validating yeah that you were well, do you know you you knew your school and you knew what the strengths and the weaknesses were and you'd had things in place yeah to address that yeah well and very very interesting that the inspectorate has gone in over the last year or so and they have because of previous work that we've looked at in terms of the recommendations fifty percent of the schools that we looked at when we did that little um, survey in a previous podcast of uh, all of the recommendations are out there we categorized mm-hmm. them all fifty percent of schools had one on. Self-evaluation. self-evaluation so the inspectorate is setting what self-evaluation should look like mm. which is an interesting development that you know you can kind of expect that to be one of your recommendations you know you've got a 50 50 chance of that being one of your recommendations at the moment and what's the role of consortium in that well <laughs> yeah we you know yeah that I feel like we're sitting here going, oh, my God, there's just so many questions. But I think if from a, a situation of being a head teacher at an incredibly difficult time post a global pandemic, when funds are very, very low, the kind of support that I think I would want. And, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, listeners, if you're in this situation, but I would want I would want to know what the future holds. I would want to know what others expectations were of me in detail i would want to just have that kind of transparency and clarity that you know that would help me do my job better because it's all very well and good being expected to jump through a hoop or complete a test or you know work in a certain way but just tell me what that is but it's also having that that professional um dialogue that and the respect that you know your school, you know your yeah. your pupils, you know yeah. your staff. And some for someone to come and say that yes, you're on the right track, or you yeah. know, great, have you thought about this? Or yeah, maybe you might want to go and have a look at that in a supportive way. Oh, that's fantastic. Not, not to come in and say and tick them off and say, No, you're not doing this, you're not doing this. Yeah. 
it's about moving moving everyone forward isn't it yeah so i think you know in in the ideal world really i mean i i'm just thinking on the hoof now but in the ideal world you would want consortia and estin to be a seamless identification of areas for greater development and the support to work on that so you'd want estin to be the the body that come in and say oh we yeah. might have an issue here yeah. and that to trigger an alarm yeah. in consortia headquarters and they go oh you know emergency let's get out to that school and make sure we've got hands on deck to help them yeah move forward and it to be really sustainable and whilst that is absolutely what people are saying is the case we know it's not it's not because hoops come in and hoops have to be jumped into through there you go <laughs> makes the metaphors there okay so another quote here then we're we've got a couple of more things saying we'll move on to the document we'll use our resources where they're needed most such as with se- settings that need more support and monitoring for improvement so as we mentioned it does sound a little bit like they're having to kind of manage their staffing mm-hmm. limitations but it does also feel a little bit like Eston see their remit as focusing more on the schools that are not doing well so it's Eston remit Eston's remit has definitely widened to one of support or one of you know changing things mm-hmm. not just identifying things but actually being involved in the process of changing them, which it does make you wonder that what consortia are there for. Yes. Okay. We've mentioned that one a couple of times. Right. So, so there's more focus on failing schools. Is is the more focus from the inspector actually what those schools need? We'll just leave that one there. Okay. So let's let's move on to uh, the leadership and school improvement document. Um. So, and I'm quoting here now, this is a practical guide to support school leaders and staff to reflect on their school's current position and to think about what they might do next to improve different aspects of its work. And this is... It's a lovely PDF. Oh, it is a lovely PDF. It's it's four pages. <laughs> well, I said to you this morning, didn't I, that it, it did remind me, you know, you know, live a bit structure. Mm-hmm. And it is very clearly set out. Mm-hmm. Um, it did remind me of the teaching standards. Yes. The way it's been produced. Absolutely. And set out. But you've got little icons as well. Yeah. You've got four categories. Starting the journey, making progress, building momentum and sustaining high standards. And then that's across the top. So those are the columns. And then the left hand side, you've got strategic vision, leadership approaches, developing leadership capacity and so on. There are lots of different. Ten, I think. Ten different pathways, shall we call them? Yes. 10 different pathways with four stages on each with narrative descriptors with (laughs) we love a narrative descriptor (laughs) yeah with narrative descriptors for each of the pathways and we're just going to give you a flavor of what that that sounds like um we've pulled out one for leadership approaches and two pathways for improving uh, improving teaching and assessment so leadership approaches moves from and these are obviously, these are truncated. These are just small elements of what you read in it, but it's it's just the first part of it. So starting the journey is establish a vision, making progress is staff understand the school vision, building momentum is staff develop the school vision, and sustaining high standards is school continues to implement the vision. I just, well, Silence. Uh, I think when, when we've been working with schools about developing their curriculum for Wales vision mm. this idea that 
they're developing this vision together. Mm. So the understanding of the school vision and developing the school vision mm. comes to me before mm. you've actually established mm. and stated what that vision is. Mm. Yeah, I, I think this is the problem when you turn the progress of school improvement and it is a progressive pathway into a linear step-by-step yeah. -step approach because yeah. as we know learning whether it's individual children learning or yeah. professional learning it's not linear yeah. and it, it this feels like a tick box well very much when we've done if we look at vision in particular when we've mm. done this with school many schools particularly some in scotland as well it's mm. very much a cycle is we'll talk around what the vision is yeah come up with some ideas yeah together as a group of staff mm -hmm. consult. and then it's consult consultation mm. we revisit it it's refined it's you developed it yeah depending on your curriculum you change it design and it's and it's that evolving thing it's not right we've established One, two, that we all three, understand four. it we've developed it so therefore we're now going to implement it yeah and then sustain it yeah oh it does say it that we just yeah. just say it does say the school continues to implement its vision for learning and well-being of all pupils it reviews it and updates yeah. its vision at appropriate points but i think the general feel of this is though that this is a four-step process and yeah. when you read the fourth four step you're done yeah where are you on that yeah on that process let's tick that one and i think that the the now we know that we know from research that narrative descriptors are notoriously difficult to make accurate judgments again yeah. you know there's a lot of research out there that supports that we have a whole comparative judgment uh, approach to assessment and assessment of what's happening in school is no different to assessment of what's happening yeah. in the classroom it's still learning in this case professional learning and actions as a result of it but if you're expecting you know if you send a school a four stage pathway document and say here this is supposed to support you yeah. you send them a tick box they'll use a tick box yeah you know you can't say you can't send the highlighters are going to come out aren't they? Oh, say, where absolutely are they? absolutely you, you can't send someone um say look we're sending you a tool to help you and this tool this tool is a, a spade and then the school gets sent a spanner they're going to use the spanner <laughs> They're getting you, you know. I could, I could see the reasoning behind it, and this idea of being able to identify what the next steps are, what to do next. But does it? Okay, so if you were going to do this in a way that was really mm -hmm. truly supportive, you go back and you'd have a look at research, and you'd look at the mechanisms of effective professional learning from the Education Endowment Foundation, and one of the most effective ways of showing staff how to improve and get better is a worked example. Mm -hmm. Which is actually what Eston have done in other areas of their work. Yeah. They they had an assessment thematic report out recently, which had case studies in it, and some of those case studies were verging on yeah. the worked examples. That was one of the best Absolutely. thematic reports I think Eston have put out, and they had time. really clear actionable steps that other schools had carried out that schools could then replicate in their own context and adapt yeah. for their own context and do something with. So there was an example of of Eston really getting things much better, but this this is you know one person's view of what establishing a vision looks like yeah. is not going to be the same as another person's view of that, and you know there are other elements of it. 
for example, and I want to just pull this one up because I, I, I picked this one out and looked at, well, okay, I pre-mortemed it. So I looked yeah. up, okay, so this has gone horribly wrong. This has been used in schools. What could possibly go wrong with this? So this is under the improving teaching and assessment. And the four stages are established consistent, consistent approaches to common classroom practice, e.g. basic routines, approaches to teaching, reading and writing. That then moves to further develop consistent approaches. Then we've got in the third stage, teachers use consistent uh, classroom practices and routines. They begin to innovate. And then that moves on to sustaining high standards. Teachers use consistent classroom practices and routines. They adapt these naturally. Now, I fully understand that when you're in a situation where teaching and learning is not good enough, that you have to have that um, you know, clear approach and you have to be clear about what the expectation is. But when we're in a situation where we've got, um, you know, things like retrieval practice are being used in schools as right. Everybody has to use retrieval practice. It's in your starter. You do a multiple choice question. You have three multiple choice mm -hmm. questions. No matter what, we want to see it in everybody's lesson. That's when you get into a situation where not everybody understands why, why? they're using yeah. it when it works best, when it doesn't work best, when it's appropriate, when it's not appropriate. You know, there are a couple of the statements in the pathways where research isn't mentioned until you get up to the higher stages. Mm -hmm. So does that mean that teaching approaches for those teachers who are struggling in a difficult context mm -hmm. shouldn't use research? They should only use it. Mm -hmm. There's so many problems with this. And it's, you know, you 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 really are looking at the potential of a lot of unintended consequences yeah. of this and this idea of you know, as a school you've decided what the best teaching and learning yeah. processes are for your school is that going to be accepted by whoever comes in oh yeah and whether they agree with it yeah because there's still a lot of ideology out there in the educational world mm. you know there's a lot of discussion about whether direct teaching or inquiry mm. learning is best and it isn't either or it yeah. should be both but there are you know direct teaching is more appropriate in some contexts and inquiry learning is more appropriate um in, in some contexts you know it's about the learning trajectory where in the learning mm. pattern but you know unless we've got and this is why a worked example is so important unless we've got a common understanding from research about what works best in what stages, in what context, then we're not going to be in a position where we can unequivocally say, well, I'm sorry that this school hadn't established consistent approaches to the common classroom because nobody was using inquiry learning. Mm. Or, I mean, if you, let's just say for the sake of argument as well, establish consistent approaches to common classroom practices e.g. reading mm. consistently bad yeah nobody's doing systematic as long as, as long as it's consistent it doesn't oh. matter does it? yeah yeah so we we are very very worried about um the the fact that our inspectorate is has created and sent out this document which ostensibly tells you what good looks like or tells you what the the pathway is too good when it's still so incredibly unclear as to what that actually means and the possibility that this will become a tick box approach, setting a, a clear set of expectations, 
but without providing worked examples. Yeah, we need to know what it looks like. Absolutely. Um, just just one more thing before we um, we come to a close. Um, they they talk about systems to evaluate teaching and its impact on pupils' learning, and I think that is in the is it in the self evaluation improvement. No, I think it was. It's on the back, was it the professional learning? It was in, yeah, improved teaching and assessment. Okay, improved, te improved teaching and assessment. Okay, so they were talking about um, established consistent approaches to class and practice. Yes, established processes. Uh, oh, here we are, sorry, struggling to find it here. Established systems to evaluate teaching and its impact on pupils' progress in learning and well-being. Now, without further details as to what they mean by that, um, when we talk about evaluation of teaching, there are kind of two things that you could do. You could have a kind of evaluation process across the school, look at what everybody's doing, link that with problem areas in pupils' learning, and then link the two. Or you could go in there and do lesson observations and identify teachers who need to further support. And we know from... Dylan William put out something recently um, based on research about how um, it's impossible to evaluate whether a teacher is good or not. So, you know, this is the kind of thing that if they're going to expect schools to put a system in place to evaluate teaching, and yet they're not going to tell them what that might look like or what the best way of doing that is or what we know from research is the best bet for this or how it might be approached you are going to have schools who are going to say, right, well, we need to have lesson observations. We need to put people on capability if they don't do our consistent. Well, we know as well, that we very often have teachers that might not conform, if that's the right word, yeah. to that consistent, but they still get pupils learning yeah. and achieving yeah. the way that they... Because that they, they are using strategies, strategies that work, but it might not be that the they're doing yeah, the, the same as everybody else. So it's it's... It's really, really problematic because it it seems really very straightforward and, you know, boxed off and clear. But, but we know teaching isn't. No, that. it isn't. And I think that it, it's very dangerous to take on approach to support when you're not looking at what has failed in the past. Yeah. You're not learning from history and you're not recognising that there is a body out there who is supposed to be an expert at this is their remit to support consortia so you know why i mean i we don't know you know may, maybe Esther and consortia work together on this i don't know just one final thing there are quite a few grammatical errors and typos in it so you know you might want to take it back and have a look and see there there are a few things that really don't make sense so yeah all positive Let's go back and adapt that but, but it'd be interesting to see this term now how this develops Mm. and some of the other resources and support materials that do come out from Estin. And I know there's a thematic report coming out this, this term at some point. Was it on reading or oracy? I can't remember which one. I can't remember. I think was, so they'd be interesting to see what how that develops as well. Yeah. there Some of the other support resources that are out there are, um, there was one designed for pupil voice that, was, um, that had some really lovely little animations on it, but actually was just eight questions. So I think a lot of money is being spent on these things. It'd be really nice to see the money being spent on things like those fabulous case studies that Estin yeah. brought out that were really clear, actionable yeah. steps. And, you know, thinking about, I've got so much evidence out there from the Education Endowment Foundation about the mechanism 
effective professional learning. You know, it's not like we don't know. It's not like this isn't being used everywhere. You know, let's use what well, works. Well, we know as well that Welsh Government are talking around working more closely with yeah. the EEF. It'll be interesting to see well, how that develops. As well. Yeah, how that develops into, into the future. So okay. Watch this space. So what's next for us this week? Uh, we're back in a school clan cable. Um, well, yes. when the podcast X goes out today, it'll be this afternoon. We'll be yes. there, as you're yes. listening. Um, and then we're off on our little jollies. We're up to North Wales. We love our little road trips. Yeah, We're in North Wales for a couple of days, working with a cluster. Venerable Edward Morgan, yeah. Roman Catholic, Catholic cluster. cluster. Which is fantastic. So we're back up in... Uh, Wrexham area. Yeah, back up in the Village Hotel. Yeah. We love being up there, don't we? Stripey, the stripey roofs. Yeah. Um, if you ever been up there, you know what we're talking about. Um, and we've also got the coronation and the bank holiday yeah. to come. And not forget, we're working yep. with St David's Roman Catholic Cluster in Swansea as well. We are back there as well. So lots going interesting. on. Interesting. So yep. there we go. Uh, so another podcast finished. We'll speak to you soon. Take care. Bye now. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure you don't miss future episodes. You can find us online at www.impact.wales. You can also follow us on social media. On Twitter, we're at Impact Wales. On Facebook and Instagram, search for Impact Wales. And on LinkedIn, search for Impact School Improvement.